It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassford in Johannesburg. David, one of the things I do when I get up in the morning is have a look at the all-share futures, which mm. kick off at around about exactly 8.30 South African time. And I remember probably about six or seven weeks ago thinking, wait a second, we're getting very close to a 52-week low on these things now, 44,400, 44,500, I think it was. And I'm looking at my screen now as we pre-record this interview a couple of hours to go, or rather an hour to go to the close of the JSE. And they're 48,000, they're 4,000 mm. points above that level, which is close to mm. 10%. Suddenly we've, yep. Yep. and quietly... We have recovered, mm. and maybe there's some reason behind that. I don't know. Can you find any? I, I, you know, you know what, Lindsay? It's not out of line with the rest of the market, the rest of the world. Uh, the U.S. markets have done the same. I think if you, the low, the low in U.S. markets was around about 24th of December, and from that date they're up about 12, 13 percent. As you mentioned in South Africa, which is December the 10th, and from that point we've clawed back. What is close to ten percent, seven, eight percent? A lot, a, a lot has to do with the, um, you know, with, with with global markets. So we've had a big turnaround in NASPES, You know, uh, uh, things improving there. The Chinese-U.S. trade relationships uh, finding, uh, you know, some kind of support, and that turned NASPES around. And other other international stocks have also stabilized or steadied with their markets. Um, the worry in our market is, you know, where to next? I think there are quite a few. There are quite a few problems. We've got to let, let, let's put it this way: we've got to split our market into into three different areas. You've got the commodity markets, you've got the uh, local equities, and then you've got the international equities. And all three of those um, kind of act differently. And, you know, on the commodity market side, they look attractive. Analysts have come out quite supportive of the diversified miners. And yet when you look below that, there's still concerns about where commodity prices will go with China. Iron ore remains the worry. You know, uh, precious metals, I think generally analysts are nervous. So to commit yourself now and then and let's try and read oil. You know, where do we read oil? So that's one area, you know, that that you have to decide upon. Uh, on the local side is a big concern, and I'm talking about, um, Lindsay, we came out with some, you saw the results that came out of uh, Woolworths, yeah. uh, out of Mr. Price, retail sales, that's a big worry, because that exposes deep uh, concerns about the health of the of, of the consumer. And then over and above that, we've got our own local problems, uh, whether or not we are our tax collections up, we've got a budget coming, we've got an election coming, and so on. And then you've got the internationals, and, and they seem to be doing a lot better. NASPERS has picked up, uh, Richemont's steady, Mondi has seemed to be okay, uh, ABM Bev and, and, uh, and British American Tobacco, again, stabilizing. When I say stabilizing, stabilizing after massive falls. So we've got to decide on three different areas of the market. There might be more uh, when you look at the, you know, when you look at our market. And to be fair, I can't make up my mind on any of them. <laughs> I've got no strong views on any of them. It, you know, it the seems ones... to me as though there's, it's not a dead cat bounce, but it's almost as no. though there's just, it's just a relief rally. People were fatigued after a really, really bad December yeah. in the United States of America. And with the lack of fresh bad news, just like a bull market, a bear market needs to be fed. It's a hungry animal. 
and it, there was just no more bad news. There was no more Trump stupidity. I mean, there's stupidity every day, but you get you get desensitized to it. There was no more trade war stuff. There was no no more interest rate talks. So everyone said, "Well, I've got all this money that I got out of, that I got out when I sold, and then let me just buy it again." That's the feeling I get. That's exactly the right feeling. Uh, what took us down last year you know, were worries about the Fed, were worries about Chinese talk, uh, were all those concerns. And somehow we seem to, I wouldn't say address them, but the fear of those bringing the market down have kind of diminished. And uh, that's brought some confidence in. Also, we've had some fairly good corporate results coming through. You know, they're reasonable. They're not great. They're not... Uh, I don't think we're going to see what we saw last year, largely because that was um, really motivated by the by the big tax cuts. A lot of the gains that we saw were tax cuts. They're not going to repeat themselves. But still, there's, there's, a, there's a momentum in, in corporate earnings. And I think that's the answer, to be honest. I think that's – we're hesitating now, looking for reasons to take a bit of profit. But if we get good corporate results coming through now, particularly from the techs, which will start to, um, you know, will start to report this week and next. If we can get some good numbers there, Apple apart, um, I think that will give the market just uh, another something to bite on or something to chew on and give us another maybe a little bit of leg up and build some momentum up. But I'm not holding my breath for, uh, you know, for a massive year this year. And I think if we can eke out a decent gain, 5%, 6%, 7%, uh, I'm talking in dollar terms, I'm talking global markets, I'd be happy. The mm. local market will follow. You know, we'll just follow through. But I think, I, 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 I still think that there is a lot of fundamental structural weaknesses uh, in this economy um, that need to be addressed. And I think Moody's has brought that out. Um, even listening to Lesetja Kachanyago, you know, the central bank governor. Yeah. Um, he didn't address too much of it than that, but... Um, if you look at his growth numbers, you know, he downgraded this year from 1.9 to 1.7. Last year, expecting 0.7%. Unemployment is still an issue here. The SOEs, Eskom bankrupt, uh, SAA bankrupt. You know, when I say bankrupt, I mean they're bankrupt. Uh, you know, they need to go on life support to survive. And, um, you know, that's uh, uh, th those are the worries. So um, there's also a worry. Markets... There's also a worry in the high street. Uh, and when I say the high street, mm. I mean, in the consumption area of the South African economy, which, let's face it, is two thirds yeah. of the South African economy. I spoke to somebody who's been trying to sell his house for 18 months in Johannesburg. Yeah. And this is the only thing that is holding him back. He said that the yeah. Johannesburg area and you know about this and you'll tell me your story. But listen to mine first. The Johannesburg area is being drained by people either leaving the country or going to Cape Town. You, he's had one cheeky offer in 18 mm. months. Mm. One yeah. in 18 months. He's saying houses that were on the market for 8 million are going for 2.5 mm. to 3.5 million. Mm. And stories like this. And I just suddenly thought, that's the most extraordinary destruction of yep. wealth. And also, when you see the retailers' results from last week, you say, well, this is mm. stuff you do every day. You go and buy stuff. But a big mm. capital um, uh, depreciation like a house is very disturbing. No, I, th I think you're spot on there. I think that is a worry. And uh, people are scared to sell it because if you sell one house in the neighborhood like that, the whole neighborhood goes down. And it's almost uh, it's 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 a big concern. I'm a runner, and um, I run slowly nowadays, so I can actually 
reflect on what's happening around me and take it in. Um, and and I'm, I'm absolutely stacked because I run through this Joburg northern suburbs, the wealthy suburbs, and there are a number of houses that are on for sale. You just see the for sale signs there, and they've been there for a long time. So when you said your friend, you know, if it's in the 8 million rand category, I think that's the most dangerous, that and upwards. Yes. I, I would say uh, I think that's dangerous. You're not going to get those numbers. I think a lot of the wealth that was created through BEE, I think, has dried up. And uh, those people, uh, you know, in that area who are getting money every month or every year and that and making big money and buying big cars and buying the sports cars, I think that area of the market has also dried up. So your best possibility is in the one and a half to two and a half million range. You know, mm. those those houses are probably changing hands and that. But I think anything above that, um, you know, just don't hold out for uh, – don't, don't hold out uh, optimism that you're going to get the kind of price that you would have got a few years ago. On the positive side, David, what I hear mm. is that the household balance sheet in South Africa, it's not robust, but it's better than it was. So people have got money, but they're not confident enough to go out and spend it yet yeah. with elections coming up, etc. The same thing with corporates. I keep on hearing how much money corporates have got in order to splash out mm. once times get better and once there's some sort of mm. policy... Um, affirmation from the from the powers that be up above. So maybe if things suddenly go well and there's an orderly election process and everyone's happy and there's a few policies put in place that people like, everyone says, right, I'm going to start spending now. Maybe I'll go out there and buy a car or buy a house or put a cheeky bid in for a house and corporates may go on the acquisition trail again. Any chance of that on the optimistic front? I, I think that is the optimistic view. Um, I'm not sure that there's a good chance of that happening. Um, I think that, you know, we I judge it from from um, the money that we see here, and we recycle money. Uh, the people that come to us uh, are not are not clients who've suddenly uh, got a you know, couple of million bonus or, or something like that, or even a bonus. Most of the clients that come to us are coming from some other place or alternatively they've inherited money their parents have died or so on or something sad like that mm. that's that's how we're building up our base we're not building up our base on on people with lots of money coming here and and that's a sign you know that's a sign that uh, people are are a little stretched and uh, but if there's optimism we saw it with Ramaphoria uh, my view what 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 put me back was some of the re revelations now to um, you know to, to the commission on on state capture. Yeah, I think that yeah, and, and and whether or not this chap who was testifying, Mister What's It, a Greasy or whoever, yes, uh, was looking was you know uh, very grand in his testimonies and perhaps exaggerated. There's an element of truth. Are you worried about uh, the fact that there's an allegation that the Ramaphosa campaign received well, 500,000 rand and his campaign managers didn't alert him to the fact that it was well, coming from what was a, a fairly whiffy sort of operation? In other mm, words, there was a, a slight uh, hint uh, of a scandal around that particular organisation. Mm. But if you look at the number of people that he's named, you know, that were named, okay, I'm sure they might be able to defend themselves. But all it's doing is pointing to... Uh, you know, on top of the Guptas, it just points to a government or an administration that that 
didn't have a, a, a moral compass, you know, that has been too easily swayed with money, that weren't there for the good of the country, were there for the good of themselves. And I think it's going to be very difficult to turn that around. And that's what needs to be turned around to get credibility going. I think people are just walking around at the moment very, very down with all these revelations. You know, and, and also, you know, when you, when you get those kind of issues, what happens is you choose not to ask where it came from. And that way you protect yourself. You know, if you suddenly see money flowing in and say, well, listen, I'm not going to ask where it came from just in case it raises questions. Uh, there's there's a certain guilt around that as well. So uh, in many cases, you know, you know that, that that's what worries me. If your if your children are suddenly driving fancy cars or something like that, and uh, or living in fancy houses, and you know what kind of job they do, uh, maybe you choose not to ask where it came from. <laughs> you know, that's your fault. Then then obviously. So so if if you know what I'm getting at, it's uh, it's it's a worry, and. We need to clean this place up before we get the kind of confidence that you that you're talking about, and it hasn't happened. So I don't know what the next step is. Uh, also, and and that that will bring the confidence. You know, that, those are the issues that that will bring the confidence. But also, we we're not a law-abiding uh, abiding country. You know, we drive how we want to. We we stop if we feel like it. We don't stop if we don't feel like it. Uh, whatever we do. Um, I saw a tweet this morning that just shows the brazenness of two chaps, I think, in the Edenvale area that smashed and grabbed a car <laughs> and didn't even bother running away because you know, no one's going to stop to accuse them or call the police or anybody. They just stood where they are and waited for the next car. <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's, that's the ridiculous. kind of brazenness of the crime. You know what I mean? They, they, you leave your window open, they grab and that they don't even run away because the traffic keeps flowing and no one wants to get involved. You know, no one wants to stop them. So instead of uh, reporting them or, or uh, addressing them, what do you do? You roll up your window and say, thank God, it wasn't me. You know, stupid people for leaving their window open or for leaving a bag on the front seat. That's where we are. Yeah, where we are as well is sometimes, I'm trying to find the quote that I was looking for. It's in the Daily Maverick and Stephen Crutus, who I used to work with at 702, um, has written an excellent article about it. And it's actually a little bit sad in a way. Um, I've got a, a quote now from ANC Secretary General Kalema Matlanti said before the Polokwane conference in 2007, he famously said this, the rot, he says, is across the board. This is in 2007 before we realized about state capture and exactly how deep all this corruption went. He said, the rot is across the board. It's not confined to any level or any area of the country. Mm. Almost every single project is conceived because it offers opportunities for certain to people, yeah. for certain people to make money. This is gonna take mm. years to come yeah. out, David. Yeah. It's scary. I, I, yeah, that's, well, it's, it's exactly that. And what happens is if you're in a position of authority in the government and you know that you have got the authority to uh, issue a contract or uh, award a contract, of course, to somebody who's going to benefit because they've got a company, you, the first question you ask, well, what's in it for me? And you will only award it where there's going to be some benefit that flows back to you. And that seems to be the culture that's in you know, you know that even the cops during the time, during the December period, none of the cops wanted to go and leave <laughs> because for them it was payday. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, they could stop you driving out of Melrose Arch or, or Santon City, etc. And even if you hadn't had a drink, they could threaten, well, we're going to test you. And, uh, they, you know, if you were in a fancy car and looked like had money, they would take you on a ride. Uh, you know, they, they would take you on a ride where just to extract something from you, threatening you with two days or two nights in so in what are you saying? They're, 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 they're going to try and extra, mm-hmm. take you to an ATM machine or, or ask you for, well, for a bribe? Well, something like that. They, hmm. they were just brazen about it. They didn't even defend themselves. You know, As they stopped you, they would, say, you know, they would give you the price. And I mean, hmm. sad as it is, uh, I, it never happened to me. And uh, you know, I would certainly not even try and drink and drive and you know, would test them. But, but what would you do, uh, David? I'm not asking for your moral compass here. What no, would you no. do if they said, listen, we can fabricate these charges well, against you. You're an upstanding pillar of the financial services and Jewish community. Right. Would you give them a thousand rand? Well, absolutely. Because, because of trying to get out of it, you know, to try and make a moral stand. So suddenly they put you in a jail cell and that before anybody even comes to see you, it's a day or a few hours gone. Yeah. You know, that's the system. You know, you've got to find somebody who's honest enough to, to actually say, you know, you can't do that. So you've got no rights. It's, it's, uh, it was as blazing as that over the Christmas period. You know, and I know, I know people here who've been there, you know, who, who went through that and who were too scared. They might have had a beer kind of in the morning or something like that. And they were dead scared in case, uh, it did show up or the, or, or, or the instruments were rigged. Yeah. You know, so you get into that fear factor where you say, oh, my God, you know, it's much easier to give you something, a few hundred rand um, than, to, than to go through this process. You know, it's much easier than trying to take a moral stand. Yes. Just let me go home, you know. Yeah, quite right. Okay, let's move on to, um, uh, are you doing anything in the market at the moment before we get on to the important point of football? Uh, anything, anything you've done since we last spoke? You know, look, globally, yes, we're picking up some, some stocks, but, and even locally as well. You know what's interesting, and I haven't made up my mind yet, uh, Lindsay, some of the property stocks, big property stocks, uh, Growth Point, Redefine Now, hmm. are starting to, the yields are tar- starting to exceed the long bond rate, which we haven't seen for a long time. Okay. Uh, and that, that's an interesting development. Um, so... You know, the areas of the market from a yield point of view that are looking attractive. It's early days because, of course, you know, um, you're not sure that they're going to maintain their, their distributions. There's no sense that they're not. But I think you're going into areas now where some kind of value will start emerging in terms of not growth, but in terms of yield and returns. But, okay. So, uh, so some bargain hunting, a, some, some, some bottom mm, picking. They're not going to mm. spike back up again. But on the other hand, no. if the yield is better than the... Uh, the long bond rate, long bond. It's, mm. then it's, it's a no-brainer for a while. Capital appreciation yeah. could be something different, but on the other hand, mm. uh, have a look at it. Dead Football now, um, Arsenal beat Chelsea 2-0, Liverpool scraped in against Crystal Palace mm. yesterday 4-3. There was another 4-3 game, I think it was Wolves against Leicester, but it seems to be settling down now to Liverpool, mm. Manchester City. Spurs have fallen yep. out of it, uh, they were lucky to mm. beat uh, Fulham yesterday. And then Manchester United you know, just sort of coming coming back. I'm still mm. not convinced about them, but they've they've bounced back nicely well, after the Mourinho Mourinho disaster. Well, let's see what happens Friday night. It's Arsenal, oh, yeah. uh, Man United Cup yeah. game, an important test for both companies. You know, because Arsenal sometimes they show these uh, they, they 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 showed spirit against Spurs. 
Remember, they beat them 2-0 against Chelsea and that. Yeah. Now the games, they failed. So, and I think now it's also going to be a test against, uh, you know, for Man United. But Man United looked solid enough. Huh? They're, they're okay. You know what I mean? They're, uh, there seems to be a different spirit there. But um, the, the one that's, that just seems to fade away is Chelsea. Hey? They're and rubbish. And I think also Liverpool looking a bit stretched. They're, they're, I don't think they've got the squad that... Uh, the Man City has, and I was just, you know, just watching Man City and that. I mean, when you see the number of players that they have, they bring on uh, Silva, you know, in, in the 80th minute, you know, to give him a run. I said, "Oh my God!" You know, <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> those are the kind of reserves they've got. You know? <laughs> Bernardo, all of these kind of chaps, and a wonderful squad. I have. <laughs> David, thank you very much for your time, as always. Okay. That was David Shapiro. That was Shapiro. Well, David is from Sasson in Johannesburg, and the show will be back same time next week.